Fire Over Fear. Jonathan White shares pieces of his journey, which shows how the fire and passion of what he really wanted to do triumphed over fear. Fear is a real thing that most humans confront and go through every day and holds us back from truly living in freedom. Take a listen to pieces of Johnny's life that reminds us that our fire and passion is where it's at. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Living a Perfect podcast. My name is Lisa, your host, and I have an incredibly special guest here on the podcast to share pieces of his life. His name is Jonathan White. He is a very, very close friend slash family slash bestie friend. Like, There's just so much about this person that I absolutely love. And a few things that come to mind when I think about Johnny is fun, fitness, cultured, loving, spiritual, Mandisa, traveled, caring, friend, son, grandson, brother, and just an overall really amazing human being. He is a performer and fitness instructor. Welcome to the podcast, Johnny. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for having me. You have no idea how much I just smiled whenever you said Mandisa. I was like, yes. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's how you know, right? When you throw in Mandisa, uh, it's like, you know, Johnny. <laughs> you know my soul. Yes, I do, boo. Hey, first and foremost, congratulations last week with you and your team of talented performers who gave an amazing show called Cabaret. Like, I, I seriously can't even stop thinking about it or even sharing it. Like, you guys did so amazing. So congratulations on that awesome, awesome performance. Thank you. It, it meant a lot to me because, like, coming from theater um, in high school and college and, like, being able to share my craft and, like, the love of what I do to people and especially the people that I'm close with, like you and my friends, right. it just means the world to me. And, like, it's just so special that... Uh, people are able to take the time out of their day because everyone's busy. So right. if anyone even just takes the time out of their day to come and support, it just means so much more than people realize. Yeah. And it was really interesting to, when I was asking you about, cause I was like the level of talent that was in that space at the Osceola performing arts center. It was, it was really incredible. And then you shared with me that they were, vol- you all were volunteers. I was like, mm-hmm. what? I, I literally felt like I was watching Broadway caliber performance. So, I mean, that, that blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's the name of the organization that you were with? Encore Performing Arts. Encore Performing Arts. Okay, great. Yeah. So will you be doing more with them? I hope so. Um, me too. I think it all depends on, you know, the schedule with everyone. Because, again, it is volunteer. So anywhere between, obviously, the cast and the orchestra and the directors and the scenic design and costume and yeah. the musical director, every single person and the choreographers, every single person is volunteer because we right. just love what we do and we want to be able to create more opportunities to grow and just sh- share the love that we have as performers um, yeah, because it, sometimes you just don't have that many opportunities. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if they would have me back, I would, I would do a, a show in a heartbeat. It was so amazing. But that's so awesome. In, in something that you said, um, they, you know, you love what you do. And, you know, I know that performing is such a huge part of your life. And you even mentioned in high school and in college and possibly even before that. So did you always know you wanted to do this? When, when did you know? When was that moment? Oh, I was really young. So like how young? I, how young? I don't, it's hard to, I, I don't know how old I was, but I remember like writing something in like on a piece of paper or a notebook when I was like probably in elementary, like young elementary that like, wow, I want to be on stage like singing in front of people. And actually I remember writing a note or a fan um, mail to, uh, it's a, it's a Christian um, group called jump five. I don't know if you remember them. They're like, 
they were from like the early 2000s but I was just obsessed with like their music they were just like five yeah. young kids um singing and dancing and I wrote a fan like letter to them and I said Aww. I want to do what you do like I want to be mm. up on stage singing and dancing in front of hundreds and thousands of people and I didn't actually act on it because I was so afraid mm. until actually after I graduated high school um I did my first show once or no excuse me I did my first show my senior year and then I did one show after I graduated high school and then I got the bug but I was always dancing and singing in my room thinking that I was yes quiet but I wasn't you know my family heard everything and they'd like bang on the ceiling they'd be like keep it down and I'd be like I'm not doing anything you can't hear me I'm invisible you know I love what you just said you just said that I danced in my room and around the house and wherever you could so are you saying that you were not technically trained no um I never really had much of any training when it comes to performing at all so I took a couple dance classes in college um, and I took a, a handful of singing lessons that I could afford or that I had time for um, in college. But anything else, mainly, I like to consider myself a performer who has experience, but that is not trained. Got um, it. Okay. I've, I've had a lot more training since then. But right. a lot of people, they start you know, tap, ballet, and jazz when they're, when they're itty-bitty and they start of course. voice lessons as soon as, you know, even before they, their voice matures. Um, right. But I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to because coming from a small town, there just wasn't a lot of outlets to do it. And I think fear was also like, I just didn't think that it was possible for me at that time. So I didn't pursue it. I kind of just did my everyday thing which was just go to school play sports hang out with friends do some clubs and activities and that was it it, it doesn't really cross my mind yeah um, and at the I, time to do it I point that out and I think it's important for people to know and hear that just because you didn't have a b c and d that most performers have prior to doing something that I think a lot of humans feel like hey if I don't have this I can't do the thing. And mm -hmm. you're proof that you, you, you even doing the high. So when you did the first high school performance, you hadn't had anything, any type of training, right? No, you just, no. okay. So actually, what? Yeah. I didn't even audition for it because my locker buddy or who was next to me. Um, and like, you know, the alphabet, how you guys like how we have lockers. Yeah. Um, and she was one of my good friends and um, her name was Samantha Ward. She did, she had dance training and um, she would always hear me sing because I'd be right next to her. Yeah. And she was like, Johnny, you got to audition for the play. And I was like, no way am I singing in front of anyone. And she was like, right. you, you, but you can sing. And I was like, not doing it. Not doing yeah. it. Um, yeah. Because I, I was just too afraid. And sure. um, so but <laughs> I actually signed up to audition and didn't go. Okay. Because I was just afraid. And then the drama teacher casted me anyway, because she was like, I'm taking, I'm taking her word for it that you can sing. And so the first time that I sang in front of the drama teacher was the first time that I sang like in front of anyone that I was actually being serious with, you know, like sure. not just singing around like the school, yes. just la 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 la, or just around the house or whatever. It was like right. the first time. And she was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Why are you not singing? And I was like, oh, wow. no. <laughs> well, you said it. You, you said fear and you were yeah. afraid, right? So it's, that's, it's so paralyzing sometimes when, when we have the fear, we, we have that whatever we feed ourselves that mm -hmm. basically turns out to be the fear and stops us. So what was it? Was it, was it your locker buddy just going, hey, yes, you can? Or was there more? Like, what was the nudge and the push for you to really be like, okay, I'm doing this regardless? I think because I didn't want to let anyone down because I was cast and I was like, well, I can't turn back now, you know? I see. So um, peer pressure. <laughs> so pressure. Kind of, yeah. But I think <laughs> just because I was like, I'm finally just going to do it, you know? Uh -huh. I think a, co a compilation of all of it. Mm -hmm. um, because if it wasn't for her, like nudging me to even sign up, I wouldn't have done it. Okay. And okay. the fact that like the teacher kept saying, 
hey, like, I didn't see you at the audition. Hey, are you auditioning? Mm. Hey, see you at rehearsal, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. constant, like, I can't not go. What's her name? What's your locker buddy's name? Um, Samantha Ward. Samantha, thank you so much for nudging Jonathan White because he's amazing. Ooh, thank you. And <laughs> I thank hope she you. listens. <laughs> I know. And thank you, Deb Moriarty, for casting me in uh, yes. my first show, which was My Fair Lady. What? I didn't even know that. I thought it was Greece. I thought Greece was your first one. No, I didn't okay. do Greece until college. Oh, my gosh. So My Fair Lady was the first one. And this is where you sang for the first time in mm-hmm. front of a huge crowd. So what did that feel yeah. like? Take us back to that moment. Oh, Lord above. Before I went on, like, I just felt fire, like, in my face and in everywhere. I was like, I'm going to throw up and pass out and do things <laughs> that, like, are should not be, like able to be done in our body yeah and I just was so I was like don't forget the words I was like don't mm. forget them because like I didn't have a very big part and like I was like how the um one of the parts is that the main um uh <laughs> so bad because I forget the the name yeah, of no the worries. Main character one of the characters uh, yeah right yeah she has like this vision like this dream and this king comes out and I was the king and I just like sang like my little solo and then I like kind of went like back behind the curtains because the dream was fading away um <laughs> but like I just remember after like everyone's like oh my god you can sing and then one of my best friends wow. Matt um who's no longer mm-hmm. with us he was like mm-hmm. you asshole I didn't know you could sing like that and I was like <laughs> Like, he was so happy and proud of me. Nobody knew. Yeah. I was just like, "Mm, don't talk to me. Like, I just got, like, really awkward, you know, because I was like, you know, I was was just, I was proud of myself. Of Um, course. Of course. And it just, like, led to more things. Yeah. I want to come back to that, led to more things. But you said something about you just felt that fire. And here's the thing. Like, when we do something, I found, like, and I'm speaking, like, from my own experiences, like, when I do something that's out of my comfort zone. And there's a fine line between the fear and the fire. Mm-hmm. And when the fire can take over the fear, that's when you're just like, I'm in. Two feet in, mm-hmm. unlimited. And but, it, but there is a fine line between that. And I feel like once we can cross over just that one little pinky toe over to the fire is when the shit just starts rolling. Like oh, just, yeah. just going for sure. So, um, okay. So you went and you did that. Everybody now knows um, what happens next. What, what production do you do next? Um, well, I finally stuck with an audition and I auditioned for a, a company after I graduated high school. Um, it was in my hometown and I auditioned for Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And I got a role as like the bookseller and like the Beast stunt double. So that was the first time I actually auditioned for a show and mm-hmm. I got cast and um it just it all it just felt right doing yeah being on stage felt right and so at at this point you were just like this is what I want to do like this is what I want to do in my life so have yeah. you always just have you always been performing or have you had other jobs or what what, what was what happened well growing up um in a very small town, my dad um, owned the beer distributing company and it grew up or it was owned by his grandfather. So it was passed down and it started in 1901. Oh, and wow. yeah, um, so it's over a hundred years old, the company. And yeah. so growing up, I, <clears throat> when I was able to at 16, I was like just bagging ice for him. And then at 18, I was able to actually do some like home trade and sell like beer to, um, Right. Um, you know, to people coming in. But okay. I did that like on and off for most of high school. And between that and playing a lot of sports, because that's what I mainly did in high school. And then I was okay. in charge of a lot of the clubs as well. Got so it. that's what I was busy with throughout most of my time. Okay. And so then after college, then because what, what town are you from? It's a very small town in the middle of Pennsylvania called Morristale. Okay. So how did you get to Florida? Well, I've always been, I've always loved Disney, like the movies and the music growing up. It's just been, it's just such a nostalgic thing for a lot of people. And I remember 
are coming to Disney World for the first time. I was in ninth grade um, with my sister's volleyball team because they played down here in this um, the sports um, wild. I forget what it's called. Sports thing in in Disney. Anyway, yeah. So first time I came down here, and we were at Magic Kingdom. First time seeing the castle, and first time seeing the parade, and I was like, I want to do that. Yes. And after seeing that when I was still in high school and always having that in the back of my mind, right? I was like, I want to do that. I want to dance. And I think my love of theater, because Disney produces theatrical performances, I was like, this kind of seems like a no brainer. It has my love of Disney, it has my love of performing sure. and theater kind sure. of all wrapped into one. And right. so I always like, I put that like kind of in the back of my mind. I was like, I want to do that, but I'm going to focus on finishing college first. Um, and so I graduated college with actually a biology degree. Look at you. Um, Mr. My, Biologist. <laughs> my, I know people are always like, you're a biology major. Yeah. Yeah. So I took like microbiology, genetics, um, immunology, evolution. Dang. All, like all these classes, you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> um, because I always like had a love for science and I was good at it. I just loved mm. everything about it. But I mm-hmm. knew that I didn't want to do anything with it per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I knew I wanted to have a something to fall back on to because I was kind of a late bloomer in the sense of like I knew I wanted to perform, but I didn't really start doing it until maybe five to 10 years after everyone else. Sure. So I wanted to have something to fall back on in case, because I didn't have that, that training that most right. people did. So I didn't feel like I could have done, could have done it within the future. So I was like, I'll get this degree. I still mm. enjoy it. I still like it. So I could do it, but mm-hmm. I still want to be able to go to college and get a good degree and sure. play some volleyball and do um, theater shows and kind of it all just, it worked out because I was able to do everything that I loved Yeah, yeah. when I went to college. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've known a few people who are in the entertainment business and who are in the arts and who perform and dance and sing. And there's a huge, there seems to be, from what I understand, what I hear, a huge emphasis on how you look. Would you say that oh, that's yes. pretty accurate? Oh, 100%. Um, okay. It is sadly probably the number one thing. As soon yeah. as you walk into an audition, because when you think about it, an audition is so different from an interview. On audition, you have 30 seconds to showcase mm-hmm. you. And right. one of the things that you are showcasing is the way that you look, your silhouette, your yeah. hair, your teeth, your clothes, your body shape. Yeah. You know, everything is being looked at yeah. um, through that way. And it's unfortunate because there's been, I have been with so many talented people, right. but they don't look a certain way. Therefore, sure. they don't get this certain job that they want or Got the certain it. role that they're auditioning for. Yeah. And, and from what I hear, it can be pretty profound, the feedback that people receive, you know, like it's, no, it's not really sugar-coated. It's like they're pretty hard a lot of times on the feedback mm-hmm. that they give. Either, you know, you, you have to drop weight or you have to – you're not tall enough or whatever. Fill in the blank, you know. So as you're going through life and you're performing, was, was this ever an issue for you or were you just always casted no matter what audition you went to? Oh, um. I actually was kind of lucky. Most of the auditions that I went to in college, I got cast in. I didn't necessarily get the stuff that I wanted right. per se, but I was usually cast like within the ensemble, maybe some supporting roles. Right. I didn't actually get like a major lead um, until um, like going into my senior year. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, and don't get me wrong. A lot of it has to do with, yes, the way you look, but also like, like for example, Obviously, I am not going to be cast as like a a, a lead in Dreamgirls, right? Because not only am I not a woman, but I'm not black. 
Right. You know, and vice versa. Right. And so there's some things where you're like, well, obviously. Right. There's some things where you're like, um, it could be the way that you portray yourself mm-hmm. or the way that the casting director sees you fit for or right. whether you just weren't good enough yeah. or whether it, it, it does come down to very materialistic things to where you're like, you are not pretty enough sure. or you're not fit enough. You don't have big as muscles as this guy. You don't have enough natural facial hair or maybe like the way, the shape of your forehead, the shape right. of your face or the, yeah. you know, whatever it is. There's so many things that are so nitpicky that really, really affect, especially dancers. Mm, um, like, I bet. like people that have done ballet, like they, the stereotypical ballet dancers are like yes. stick thin mm-hmm. and it is very engraved into mm-hmm. dancers heads at a young age that you have to be stick thin. You have to put your, like kick your leg up into your face or you yeah. will not be good enough. Right. And that does take a toll sure. on so many young girls, especially, but also guys but yeah. the majority of the dancer world is female, but it, it plays a, f- a huge part in self-esteem and self-confidence as any performer, but specifically um, of the dancing world. Of course, there's so much pressure and, and um, in, in that particular, particular world and space, like you mentioned, you know, um, it's, and it can become unhealthy at times. And mm-hmm. I mean, um, it is, national eating disorder awareness week. And I know that I know because we're very close that you've had some struggles um, with eating disorder. And, you know, I, I feel like sometimes it's, it's so hard and it's such a challenge to talk about uncomfortable issues. However, it's so prominent and present. And when people like yourself who are so successful, especially in the industry that you're in, are able to overcome something like an eating disorder, I, I feel like it's almost like you don't have to do anything, but it's so important to share your, your story, your, your struggle, the challenges and how you overcame and how you live today. So I would love for you to just share whatever you feel comfortable sharing and yeah. just so people know that they're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm an open book and I will tell anyone anything yes, first off are. thank you for thinking that I'm successful I you are <laughs> I, I appreciate that I'm very hard on myself you know so like I could probably be like Beyonce and be like I'm not successful but I thank you <laughs> um so yeah oh wow so um it I started okay let me let me take it even further back when I was a young kid I was always like the husky kid Mm-hmm. like I was a little bit bigger like I had some roles I was a little chunky I was soft you know I was I was just a bigger kid like I I ate like what my family would always like make fun of they call it ranch soup because right. I would have like a big <laughs> thing of ranch and then just like a little things of like lettuce <laughs> and so I always just grow I grew up just loving like bad food and it wasn't like any particular reason I just loved it so then I just got you know a little soft um and so um fast forward to college Mm -hmm. um I noticed I gained like you know how they always say the freshman 10 freshman 15 yes and so I I I got a little soft you know because I was like around even more food that I was like paying for you know because I you know I I had the, the the meal plan sure um and I wasn't as active as I was before. And so um, I think I was a sophomore. Yeah, I was a sophomore. And I remember stepping on, or sophomore going into my junior year, I remember stepping on the scale at the house that I was living in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it is time. Like yeah. I looked in the mirror and I just did not like what I saw. Yeah. And so the only thing that I was focusing on was just getting a little bit fitter, losing a little bit of weight and just getting overall healthy. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I eventually um, saw an infomercial called insanity. Like it was late at night, probably like two in the morning. And I remember seeing it and I've seen it before, but I never like thought of it. And I was just like, 
oh my god am I really gonna do this and so like insanity if, if anyone doesn't know it's just like and like literally it, it is the name an insane workout that you're just like jumping and squatting and yes. just basically dying and at the end of it you're putting you're just like a puddle on the floor yes because the essential the whole thing is doing movements for a hard as you can within a certain time frame it's interval training so then you'll yes. go and do it again and each time you do it you go a little bit faster and a little bit harder right and so pushing yourself to your max is what yep. makes it successful and insane because you're just being yelled at by this guy named Sean T on the screen to go 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 right and he's not he's not letting up he's like put on the gas full he throttle. sure doesn't <laughs> and so I was like let's do it yeah. Why not? Because coming as being an athlete in high school and into college, I was like, I want to challenge. I'm going to challenge myself to do it. So let's do it. Yeah. Um. So I got my friend's burned, burned copy of it. Mm-hmm. Like twice burned. Yeah. And I, I popped it in. Um. I did it with a couple friends in the dance studio at college. And the first workout is called the fit test where you just do eight different moves for a minute each just to see your fitness level. And every two weeks you come back to it to see if you're improving and getting a little bit fitter. Mm-hmm. And within those eight minutes, I thought I was going to die, throw up, pass out. Like <laughs> right. I was literally like my friends were still going and I was like heaving yeah. over like the trash can. And I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. And I just committed to myself. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do every single day and I didn't miss a day and long story short, too late. I got like amazing results, you know, lost some weight mm-hmm. and that was it. I had a good time. I was like, I feel good. Yeah. And then I eventually found like another program through the company that made Insanity, which was Beachbody. Mm-hmm. And um, I found like P90X and then I kind of just kept finding these at home workouts. I was like, I love doing this because I didn't feel super confident to go into the weight room to like work out. So I was like, I was very comfortable with doing these at home workouts. Sure. And so the more that I was doing them, the more results I was seeing because I was starting to lift more weights at, at home and, and I was becoming mm-hmm. more cautious of what I was putting into my body just because I was like feeling just overall more confident. Yeah. And, um, even fast forward, you know, probably like six months after that, I started to notice that I was becoming a lot more, um, what's the word I want to use? I was becoming a l- very aware of the way that I looked and the what I was putting into my body a little too much. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was becoming like cautious almost of what I was doing. And it led to me counting calories Mm -hmm. it led to me never missing a workout no matter how tired I was it led to me rearranging my day specifically to work out it led even more more extreme to isolate myself from people because I didn't want to put myself in situations where I wasn't in control of my schedule or what I was putting into my body so I was becoming very like dark and I started getting into like this this hole and to where I was like what what started out was just a very just generic I want to get healthier yeah just spiraled down because I didn't think I think I had underlying issues which was not feeling good enough not feeling talented enough or attractive enough or just good enough for my family or my friends or you know, a possible relationship and nothing that anyone specifically did. I made it all kind of up in my head. Sure. I just eventually got to where I was at the lowest weight I ever was. And that's after I graduated college and after I isolated myself from like most of my friends in my last semester of college and it barely went out. And, um, and then after I graduated college, it got even worse because I was living home with my family for about a year, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. And I think that kind of like put me into a depressive state because here I was at 22 living with my parents, mm-hmm. which there's nothing wrong with it. But in my mind, I was like, I can't do that. I got to get a job. I got to move away. Blah, 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 sure. blah, blah, blah. Society 
I think right. what kind of led to like, you can't do this. Right. And so going back to the small town, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to leave here. And so I, I, I spiraled down a little bit more to where I was eventually eating less than 800 calories a day. And I would count specific calories. I'd put it in like a fitness app, like my fitness pal mm-hmm. to where I would count even down to the last almond. Wow. Like I would put every single thing that I was eating into that tracker. And if I went over it, I either worked out longer or harder, or I put extra clothes on to sweat more Yeah. or I eat less the next day. To where every single thing that I eventually was doing was revolving around food. And I couldn't do, I felt completely controlled Mm -hmm. by food. Mm -hmm. And I obviously by losing, I went from about probably my highest weight, which is about 190 when I stepped on the scale, which even so for my body is not bad, but for my proportion at that time wasn't this didn't fit right Mm -hmm. um to the the lowest that I got which was 148 oh wow I lost nearly 50 pounds yeah and you're six six foot uh, five eleven six foot yeah yeah so for my frame I know a lot of people that are around that weight but that's fine because for their frame it worked but for my frame it didn't work right um and I just remember being so tired and such in a dark space and I would just be so edgy all the time like being so mean to my parents and so mean to my siblings and so mean to everyone around me because I just it eventually led to me not wanting to exist wow like I just didn't want to be alive in that time what led to again me wanting to be healthy and then me enjoying some of the hey you're looking really good yeah. eventually then led to me just not wanting any attention from anyone hmm. to where I just got so depressed. And I was like, I did have thoughts of taking my own life. However, I never acted on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so blessed that I never did because I know a lot of people have and there are people that still do, unfortunately. It's such a, it's a misconception that people, that people think that people go through eating disorders, anxiety, and depression, or X, Y, and Z because of attention. But in reality, you don't want it. Interesting. You don't want attention. Yeah. You don't, you just want to feel invisible. You want to feel numb. You want to feel like nobody can see me or I don't exist because that at that time, that's how I felt. Right. And, um... There was one moment when, because I, let me back up just a little bit. I eventually went to therapy behind my parents' back mm-hmm. be, because I couldn't afford it or because I couldn't afford to, or I didn't, I didn't want to tell them I was ashamed, you know, and I didn't want to like be on my mom's insurance because she would find out that I was doing something because it would come up. Right. And so I'd pay out of pocket. And so I eventually had to stop doing that because I couldn't afford it. Right. Um, and so I, I, I just told my dad just like kind of just under the table. I was like, hey, like I, I'm just feeling sad. I want to get some help. But I don't want to tell mom. Can you just kind of just help me out a little bit? And then it just got just a little just too hard for me, like financially and just emotionally. Yeah. And um there was a two instances one where i um i was so i was diagnosed with like an eating disorder of course um but i was diagnosed with having um it's kind of a binge and overeating exercise mm-hmm. eating disorder so people think that there is anorexia and bulimia right think it's think it's that or that and no but there's actually multiple forms of eating Mm -hmm. disorders and Mm -hmm. mine was that I eventually led to under eating so much that my body craved so much food because I was such in a caloric deficit Mm -hmm. that um whenever I did let myself splurge sometimes because like I deserve to splurge I 
with splurge too much to the point where I was so full I couldn't move mm. and I feel so uncomfortable and my body wasn't used to the calories so I just felt like I had a huge rock or pit in my stomach sure and so then to compensate I would over exercise for like weeks and then that cycle happened again and then right. it kept happening more frequently to where then I was gaining the weight back and that freaked me out mm-hmm. and I couldn't like overcome that cycle so then I was um diagnosed with that type of eating disorder which is like um an over exercise binge eating disorder right um and so um I remember there was one time where I was in the bathroom and my head was in the toilet throwing up and Mm -hmm. mind you I probably threw up maybe less than five times Mm-hmm. like and I just it didn't work for me like I that wasn't I wasn't I, I'm trying to find like a sensitive word for it because some people use binge purge you know they overeat and then they they throw mm-hmm. it all up mm-hmm. but for me that wasn't my I guess niche you know yeah I just like that's not the one that that's, that's not how <clears throat> I was diagnosed and that's just not what worked for my body. Sure. But um, I remember like after I threw up, um, I was just like bawling with my head in the toilet and I was just praying to my grandma white who was not living at the time. And I was like, I need help. Please save me because my faith is probably the most important thing to me. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't know what to do. And I was like, please help me get over this. And so then I eventually um, told my mom about it. And when I was at therapy, my therapist recommended me going to a rehab center. And so I told my mom about the rehab center and long story short again, we eventually got me some more professional help to where I, this rehab center was the center of overcoming problem eating cope um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And my sister lived in Pittsburgh. So I was doing some outpatient therapy at the time. So where I would do a couple hours, a couple of nights of the week there during the week. And then the weekend I would go back and stay at my parents' house. So I did that for about a month and to where we would have like group therapy sessions. They would track our eating. They would help us to figure out what was going on and like what the underlying factor is because the underlying factor was never food. Right. It was never like the way I looked. It was not, the the issue was for most people was just not feeling good enough or that their life was so out of control that the one thing that they could control was what they put into their body and how they looked. Yeah. And that was how it's for me. Like I was anxious about the future because I had no idea what was happening and I didn't feel good enough. I just didn't feel good in my, in who I was, not because anyone said anything or did anything. I didn't really have any like major trauma. You mm-hmm. know, it was just, I just kind of just fabricated this idea in my head. Mm-hmm. And to where they helped me, you know, I learned some skills. I learned some, you know, things to take away with me. And I eventually graduated from the program to where um, I was released and um, to go out into the world and face it and everything is all better. No, that's what people think, that they think that once you go to rehab, um and graduate or leave or whatever that life is hunky dory but it wasn't it was hard I relapsed at times um a lot actually and and that was in 2013 and 2014 was when I decided to move down to Florida and I still relapsed in 2014 mm-hmm. I still relapsed in 2015 um, meaning that I would overeat sometimes and then compensate by over-exercising. And so 
it eventually stopped happening as not as much because I was using some of these skills that were starting to like, I was starting to learn to love myself. I was starting to shift the focus. I was starting to realize that I am more than a number. I am more than food. I'm not labeling food as good or bad. I was starting to do these different things. I was learning from this center and my own research and using my faith as a huge catalyst to help me overcome it by realizing that I am greater than this to where it stopped happening as much um, into where I eventually got into fitness as an instructor. And my main focus while being an instructor was to help people become happy and healthy because mm-hmm. there was a time where I was one or the other and there was a time where I was neither. Wow. So that's been my main focus as an instructor is to bring that and also as a performer is to bring that, is to transport people from their everyday problems that are happening and to have them forget about it when they're watching a two hour show and to make them laugh and cry and just feel emotions mm-hmm. at these characters. And same thing with my class, if you're there for 30 minutes or an hour, is just to let all of the shit go. Right. And just to focus on your happiness and living your most fulfilled potential self. Yeah, you know, first, thank you for being so raw and open about this because that that's a lot that's a lot to share and really mm-hmm. be vulnerable about so i really appreciate you doing that and i appreciate you sharing with everybody listening and anyone out there who's struggling through very similar um space at the moment you mm-hmm. know when i'm listening to your story and i've heard your story many times and you know if what can you offer to anyone who's listening where, you know, where that fine line was in regards to eating healthy, staying healthy, and then crossing the line over to this is no longer a healthy habit? What, mm-hmm. what tool or what indicator or what can you give to someone who's maybe listening and going, hmm, I, I don't know. Am I close to that? Like, what what can you offer? I think the biggest thing is whenever, well, at least for me, is that I was changing everything based off of that. Like nowadays, I work out because I enjoy it because it's right. kind of like free therapy. And if I don't get to the gym, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And if, or, if I don't eat, you know, perfectly healthy, or if I eat bad, it doesn't affect me anymore. But it was to the point where I was feeling negative emotions because I wasn't working out, or I ate this instead of this, or I ate too much, or I didn't work out hard enough. That's when the biggest flags for me were is that I was punishing myself or feeling negative thoughts for myself because I wasn't doing good enough to to look a certain way or to eat a certain way or to do this. I think that was a the biggest factor is that I realized I actually like came out to my friend and I realized I was like, I think I have a problem. And her, she's one of my good friends from um, college. Her name is Chrissy. And I just told her, I was like, I think I have an eating disorder. Yeah. And I described her and she's like, I think you might be right. Mm-hmm. Because I was just like my whole, everything was based off of that. So I think there's definitely a fine line of course, but when yeah. you were doing it solely for like materialistic reasons or you're doing it because you just don't because you want to feel like numb or you want to feel in control or you want to feel like negative emotions that's when you need to almost step back and be like hmm because again like I like to work out to let go of some of my demons because we all go through shit every single day yeah and again it's free therapy for me like if I'm in a pissed off mood you bet your ass I'm putting on some Nicki Minaj and I'm fucking going down (laughs) Same. Because I'm like, I need to release it. Yeah, like you, absolutely. By the way, if none of you have listened to Shanghai by Nicki Minaj, do it now. <laughs> Just saying. And then, and then turn on Mandisa. I'm done. Right after. <laughs> Insider. Okay, but oh, no. I just... I just love to work out now. Yeah. But like, it just makes me happy. It's like, I just feel like the stage in the gym is yes. where I'm supposed to be. 
I, I and understand. I just love it so yeah. much. And it just brings me so much joy, but I'm not punishing myself. Right, right. That's the difference. I'm not doing it because I don't like the way I am. I'm doing it because I love the way I am. Yes, that's powerful. It really is. What do, what's something that most people don't know about you, Johnny? Oh, I am naturally a very lazy person. <laughs> it's so surprising to hear you say that, but I mean, I... I know <laughs> because, <laughs> but you're yeah, not. like you're not. I feel though. like I am. Okay, here's the thing. So like I, I don't know. Like when I go for something, I go for it hard. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Just you're all my in. dreams. Yeah, I'm I'm balls to the fucking wall for it. Right. And to where like when I get a chance to relax or to recharge away from people, away yeah. from situations, away from things, I want to be away from everyone. Like I am the definition of an extroverted introvert. Oh, yes. I hear that a lot, actually. I hear that a lot. Like, Like, when I have a chance to be alone, I'm like, get away from me. Yes. Yes, Because as a performer and as an instructor, you give everything to those people that are coming to you. And you're on. And people don't realize that. Like, you have to be over-exaggerated who you are. Like, it's different. Like, when I worked at other jobs before, you can be yourself or maybe a little heightened version of yourself to be professional. But when it comes to... Like a performer, you are not who you are. Yeah. As an instructor, for sure. you are not who you are. You need to be what people paid to come to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's exhausting at times. I love it. Like, I love that fire that we talked about earlier. I yeah. Love it. But of course. it's exhausting. So, when I get the chance to be alone, you I really take milk advantage. It. And I'm, oh, like, absolutely. I'm laying there. I yep. am like, you can find me on the floor. Like I love sure to can. lay on the floor. <laughs> I don't like li- sitting on furniture. I never have. Like if it's hardwood floor, if it's a carpet, I don't care. I'm usually laying on the yeah. floor. I just feel comfortable like laying on my stomach. Always have. Like when That's I sleep, I'm always facts. on my back. That's total facts. You hardly but, ever sit on the couch. You're always on the floor. Yeah, I, yeah. I just don't like it. I don't know yeah. why. Maybe just because yeah. it's like a, a sturdy structure. I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just naturally. But I feel like I'm a very driven person. But yeah. I also, I don't go for what I don't want. If I don't believe in something, I'm not fucking doing it. Like, yeah. I've, I feel like I've compromised it when I was, like, younger. I was, like, I'll be nice to people. I'll be nice to everyone because I want to be their friends. Or, like, yeah. I'll do this because it's, it's the norm and it's safe and it's comfortable. Mm. But now I'm, like, if I don't want to talk to you, yeah. if I don't feel your energy, yeah. if I don't want to do this job or ec- whatever it is, I don't want to eat this, I don't want to go yeah. to this place I'm not gonna do it because yeah. it is my life I am in control with it now of course there's some things where you're like you just gotta grin and bear it because it's just professional or sure. disrespectful or whatever the reason is like there's some things you gotta do mm. but for me I'm like if I don't have to motherfucking do it I'm not gonna do it you're not gonna do it <laughs> because like, it just doesn't bring me joy you know and that's like yeah. everyone should focus on their happiness first and then others because if you're filling from an empty cup what's the point you better or you're pouring from, you're, if you're pouring from it yeah, wrong can't, can't even fucking preach it right if you're pouring <laughs> from an empty cup yeah there ain't nothing left for you to sip on mm-hmm. okay. 2020 okay, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. 2020 okay so we're like gosh we're almost like month three into 2020 what oh, is God. what does the rest of 2020 look like for you well i hope it involves a lot of traveling yeah yes because I love to travel. Yes, I hope you do. it in because I'm putting this into the universe. Because again, at the end of the day, you don't know what's going to happen. But the most mm-hmm. that you can control is what you the good vibes and good energy that you put into the universe because it don't come back. Yes. So I am, excuse me, disperped. I'm putting into <laughs> the universe that I'm going to travel. I'm yeah. putting into the universe that I am consistently going to perform because that's what I love to do. Yeah. Um, I actually got a new job to where I'm going to be the. Um, recreation expert at the new JW Marriott in Bonnet Creek. Yes, yes. So not only two, about a year and a half ago, I opened up a theme park, but now I opened up, uh, I'm going to be opening up a hotel. So I'm excited for that adventure. Yeah. But 2020 is going to bring a lot of joy in in the form of performing, in the joy of fitness, in the form of love whether it's family friends or in a relationship there's going to be a lot of amazing things and there's going to be a lot of traveling in there because I think traveling has always been a very important thing and especially in the past couple years of my life it really grounds me and just being able to see different cultures and people it 
anyone listening, probably the biggest advice advice that I can give from this recording is to take yourself out of your comfort zone and travel to somewhere that is different than what you've ever been to. Yeah, well, you know, we're going to have to have you back on for sure. So you can tell us about all of these awesome things that you're going to be doing this year, because I want to hear about it. And I'm sure everybody else wants to hear about it. Now, listen, if anyone wants to reach out to you, whether it be for fitness, whether it be to connect with you regarding um, your journey in life, is that okay if they do that? Absolutely. Okay. So share with our family here what platforms they can connect with you on social media. So probably the, the two top ones would be Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook, my name is Jonathan White. So basically Joe Nathan. Okay. White, like the color. Yeah. Um, there's probably a million under there. So if you follow Lisa, you're going to find me. I'm going to tag you on this. So it's fine. <laughs> and with Instagram, it's at White. 44. Um, yeah, I don't really use a lot of others. You know, I have Twitter, I have Snapchat, but I don't really use them that much. Yeah, so um, Facebook. So those and Instagram. would definitely be the top two that you can join me on my journeys with. Awesome. I'm going to tag you when we post this, which is going to be the ninth episode, which actually releases tomorrow. So I'm going to go ahead and tag you on it. I know. Thank you, Johnny, for just being you. I love you and I appreciate you and I see you. Like, I just, it's such a gift to have you in my life. And yeah, I mean, that, that's all I can really say. Um, there's so much. There's too much to say. I know. I was like, I, we can literally <laughs> have five or six podcasts like, about just we're, shit. Oh, but we're, I want to say thank We're going to have another one. Should we? Oh, Good. should we Should we talk about the other one we're going to have, maybe? Hmm. Let's do it. Let's give a little sneaky peek. Go ahead. Okay. So Johnny and I are going to do another podcast very soon together. And we are going to talk about dating period that's it that's all that's all we're gonna give you that's it (laughs) that's it so until then johnny thank you and i love you dearly i really do and thank you because if anyone listening y'all don't know what a truly god sent angel (laughs) she has been so amazing and like all jokes aside like she has been there for me constantly she is a true Mm. like angels sent from above <laughs> and i cannot be more blessed than to have her in my oh, life Johnny. So thank you oh no it the feeling is mutual i i love you dearly and i'm so glad that um you are alongside me in this life as as a friend and i just i love you i love you to pieces so thank you for sharing pieces of your life and i can't wait to release this podcast so that everybody can and listen and connect with you thank you so much johnny you're welcome. Let's take over the world, bitch. Let's do it. <laughs> Bye. Woo. Bye. Mm-hmm.